You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. It is upon us as we record. It is September 2nd. This week will be the last Sunday without pro football uh, for the, you know, until the Super Bowl. So that we are excited. I'm sure everybody else out there is excited. Fantasy drafts are probably wrapping up here this weekend. Some people might push it up to uh, uh, maybe Wednesday, night before the, the first game. But uh, both my drafts are I'm pretty happy with my teams, but uh, I'm going to bring in Alex here because we want to talk right off the bat. Trey Lance, guy, you know, it's polarizing guy, I, I guess, uh, gets traded. And to all of all places, the Dallas Cowboys. I, what was your first reaction? He went to your favorite team, Lou. So maybe he's got a <laughs> shot here. Um, America's team. They had America's to do it. Team. They had to do it. I mean, event, once... Um, once it was clear that Purdy is the starting quarterback, he's healthy. Once they named Sam Darnold the number two quarterback, you couldn't leave Lance as the number three quarterback here. And when you get a trading partner, or you have a couple of trading partners from what I was reading out there, and when the Dallas Cowboys are willing to give up a fourth round pick for a guy that is really unproven. He hasn't done anything in this league. You take it, Lou. Obviously, you're not going to recoup a first-round pick, not anything close to that. I'm seeing all these first-rounders being traded for a seventh-round pick. When you can get uh, you know, a mid-round pick like this, you take it. And that's what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch decided to do. That's it. You cut bait. It didn't work. You admit the mistake. You realize that it didn't work. You kind of outsmarted yourself. You wanted an extra dimension, a guy that can, you know, pick up yards with his feet. They can give you, you know, ability on the ground. They can make Kyle Shanahan's offense more lethal. But the fact is, Trey Lance was raw coming out. He, you know, he didn't have enough starts under his belt in college. He didn't have enough starts in preseason or enough throws in the regular season. It just didn't work. Sometimes you just know when it doesn't work, you cut bait earlier than, than you do it later. And, you know, the Cowboys are making a move here. They're basically saying, hey, we're willing to take a, you know, a flyer on Trey Lance. We'll see what happens with Dak Prescott. Maybe we have a young quarterback down the line. So it's an interesting move for the Cowboys as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's where the real intrigue comes because everything you said I completely agree with and is right right on the money because, the, yes, San Francisco definitely was ready to move on. Going back to drafting him, I mean, the, the timelines where your team was in terms of they're in the Super Bowl window, we've got – we're stacked on both sides of the ball – you know, both defense, you know, defense, offensive line. I mean, just a very good team. They're in a Super Bowl window, and then you bring in this guy that's barely ever played, and we're going to expect him to, you know, just be ready to play, be a Super Bowl quarterback. And that just the timelines just never, never matched up. And Trey just needs to play, which now the intrigue comes. 
Jerry just being Jerry. Um, maybe they were just bidding against themselves. Maybe there was another team, like you said, Alex, but I'm sure they weren't offering a fourth round pick. And here, you know, th- I guess the the uh, the talk afterwards where Jerry, you know, put a mic to his face and he'll have plenty to say. Well, no, we didn't inform Dak. Okay, I, I can see that to some degree. No, we didn't inform the head coach beforehand that we were thinking about making this move. That, to me, seemed like, okay, again, Jerry being Jerry. Uh, he knows he's got, he's got Dak, and he's kind of – he knows what he has. I don't know that Dak is going to get any better than what he is right now, and that has not been quite good enough for them to get over the, the hump and get back to the Super Bowl. So let's bring in this wild card. We know we're going to have to, you know, we have a contract looming with Dak. Is, is this like a motivational thing? Will Greer seemed like he was balling out during the, during the uh, preseason. But again, you know, he's third team quarterback, you know, Cooper Rush is number two, you know, so you bring in Trey Lance, cut Greer. That's not like a big deal. But Lance just needs to play, and he's just not going to get that opportunity here either, right? I mean, if, if Dak is healthy, there's no way Lance is ready to compete with him or take that job. So he's not going to play. When does this kid get to play? I mean, do you take him and, I don't know, risk him in the USFL in the spring and just – give him snaps and he plays like six or eight games just to kind of work some kinks out. I don't know. It's not really a feeder league the way it typically is set up in like the G league or so forth where they have like team affiliates. So this is just, I don't know if he ever gets a chance to develop. So yes, I think it's a good move for San Francisco. I think it's a good move for Dallas in some degree, but again, if he was going to get a chance to like work him in, and if they do that, I think Dak, he's a great character guy. I think he would deal with it if you would, but I think even some of his comments after the fact where he was just kind of blindsided by it and just like, Hey, you know, just got to roll with it. I've seen a lot of things around here, blah, 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 you know, just, kind of make it nice for the camera. So this is just very intriguing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, trade that didn't happen. Jonathan Taylor. Hey, you know, top running back in the league. Uh, I don't know what's happening in the Colts organization. Ursay is just seems like he's been on a heater or something for, uh, for a few years now. And just, it's just shooting from the hip. Uh, Almost probably, I'm guessing he talked the trade market down and they don't get what they were looking for. The the reports of what they were looking for were just so astronomical that there was no way he's getting traded. So did they really want to trade him? Did they really uh, give the guy what he wanted as far as exploring a trade partner? And then furthermore, when they say Green Bay was involved, I get it. Great player. You want to look into it, but you're sitting there with Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon. I, this whole thing is just, again, just been very intriguing. 
lot to talk about, unpack here. But what do you make of Jonathan Taylor? I mean, then they put him on the PUP. So now he's out the first four weeks. What are we doing? Here's another team that's just tanking out there. I mean, it's also pretty obvious. We'll talk about another team in the NFC that is clearly trying to do it. But it seems like the Colts are also reloading in this regard. They want to keep Taylor fresh. They don't They don't want him to get injured. They want to keep him healthy. Obviously, he's going to get traded. Am I surprised that the Packers tried to bring him in? No, I'm not. Because even though Aaron Rodgers and AJ Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are a very good running back duo, an excellent running back duo, A.J. Dillon is in a rookie contract. So they have to extend him for next year, pick up that fifth-year option for 2024. Aaron Jones' cap hit, it goes up in 2024. I think this year it's $8 million. Next year it goes up to $17 million. So I think it makes sense for them to you know, pick up a younger running back, a guy that they could probably sign to you know, an extension, maybe a three, four-year extension, and not give him, like, huge money that he's expecting, but he's going to play on a good team. Plus, you give him a franchise type of running back that can be that that bell cow, that can carry this offense, especially with Jordan Love being, you know, a first-year signal caller. So I'm not surprised that the Packers explored this trade. I think the Packers are looking to make themselves even better than what they are. So... Uh, I was. It seems like Miami might have been in it. I pushed for Buffalo, but I don't think the Bills. I guess they're not looking for a one-year rental. I mean, whoever trades for Taylor needs to give him an extension, or he just won't accept this trade. So um, the Colts are tanking, in my opinion, Lou. That's it. I mean, they've got a rookie quarterback. They don't have a good defense. They don't have enough playmakers out there. It's all about developing. You know, Richardson this year and just, you know, moving forward and seeing where they could take them. But I'm almost certain that the Colts are going to have a top three pick this year. And, you know, the situation with Taylor has has just exploded in their faces. Another owner that I like Jerry Jones, that's just always willing to talk, you know, and sometimes, you know, you're a very successful man. But sometimes you just need to you need to shut your yap and just, you know. Let the players play, and that's it. Stop talking. I just feel like these owners, they've made a buttload of money, and they just can't stop talking. Sometimes you just need to shut your mouth and just carry on. And I think that's the best advice that I could give to Ursay and Jerry Jones. Well, those seem to be the only two that are, you know, like front and center and making themselves the spectacle instead of, you know, focusing on the team. So, uh, yeah, just interesting. And then the other uh, Philadelphia or former Philadelphia coordinator, uh, first head job, he's out in Arizona. He's come, you know, he's loaded for bear, ready to get this thing going. And they shut Kyler down. <laughs> they trade a former first round pick for a seventh rounder. Uh, uh, you know, Watts gone. I mean, they. It's just everything. Okay, you say tanking. I don't know that they're necessarily tanking, but they're certainly making it very difficult on the coaching staff. Oh, and they cut Colt McCoy, who was going to be the, the you know going to be the starter. So now it's either Clayton Tune or. Uh, they traded for Joshua Dobbs like out of the blue. 
so very smart kid uh, did the same thing with, you know, with Tennessee. I mean, at the end of the year, they bring him in. He starts like that week and he brought, you know, Jacksonville to the brink, you know, of, uh, you know, of a playoff loss or not a playoff loss, but a, like a play in game, if you would. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, Arizona, we talked about it last week. You know, you've got those other quarterbacks uh, as far as, in the draft next year, guys that you would certainly think, you know, on a rookie deal would be a lot more enticing than this huge money that they have to pay Kyler Murray. And you don't really know where Kyler's head's at. Um, he's not going to be available for at least the first what, four weeks or whatever, six weeks. Uh, yeah. I, 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 again, it's, it, it, I don't know that it's an all out tank, but they're certainly making it extremely difficult for the coaching staff to move forward with what they have on the field. So in that regard, I believe they are tanking. Oh, the Arizona Cardinals are definitely tanking. I mean, they got rid of Colt McCoy, uh, the veteran quarterback. Now they have Joshua Dobbs and they've got Clayton Toon. We'll see what those guys can do. Kyler Murray isn't coming back this season. Uh, I, I wouldn't risk it, to be honest with you, coming back from that serious knee surgery and with the team not being good. I'm sure Jonathan Gannon wasn't on board with this, you know, and he's he can't be on board with this. His job is to win games, but the Arizona Cardinals don't have a very competitive roster. They gave away Isaiah Simmons for a bag of peanuts for a seventh-round pick to the Giants. I'm sure we'll see he's going to turn into a pretty good player there. So are do you think the Arizona Cardinals are going to go how they – they, they've been down this road before. They had a first-round pick in Josh Rosen. They didn't work during his rookie season. They got a number one overall pick. They shipped Rosen out of town. They got Kyler Murray in there. You think they'll try to you know, draft another quarterback like Caleb Williams, say, from USC? He's going to be their number one overall pick, and then they would try to ship Kyler Murray out of town. The only question mark with me is this. Josh Rosen was in a rookie deal. Kyler Murray has a very expensive rookie, uh, not, he has a very expensive quarterback contract. He's coming off a serious knee injury. His work ethic has been questioned by many in the organization, especially with them making clauses in his contracts that he watches, you know, film, and it was just absolutely ridiculous. So who's going to take a chance on Kyler Murray? I mean, can the Arizona Cardinals hope that they get a couple of first-round picks. Will another team be desperate enough to make this type of trade? So it's going to be a lot more difficult to trade Kyler Murray out of town than it was, say, Josh Rosen. Yeah, certainly the money is going to be the biggest hindrance to them making any sort of deal. I think a team would be more than willing to maybe you know give up picks, which I'm sure Arizona would be looking for, but... You know, in consideration of taking on that contract, then I think the trade compensation would certainly go down because they're desperate to get rid of that contract. So, uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a difficult negotiation. With you know, however it goes, Caleb Williams, God knows, he's making a pretty decent penny being the quarterback of USC in LA. Probably, you know, living living the life. Hey, he may just say, you know what. 
I don't want to go there. I don't want that organization is just dog crap. And I, I'll, I'll stay in college another year, maybe win a, a, a second or third Heisman. Yeah. That's, that's going to be just, uh, just a mess, but it's again, give us plenty to talk about it being again, I keep using the word intriguing certainly will be. So, uh, Let's take a look at the AFC, our AFC overview. We're not going to get too much into predictions right now. Next week's show, we'll be doing it earlier in the week, try to get it out there before uh, Thursday night's game. And we'll make our preseason predictions of all the different awards, divisional winners, playoff teams, Super Bowl, everything else we possibly can. Have some game picks. So next week's show will be pretty cool. So this week, we'll just kind of do an overview of the AFC and I guess – the big thing, just looking at it, and again, we've been saying it all along, is that this is going to be a pretty difficult conference to crack the playoffs. Uh, you're going to have some teams that are really improved that may not have anything to show for it, you know, as far as playoffs go. You may have some top teams that maybe, you know, don't quite get, you know, their 11th win and they they're sitting at home at 10 and 7 so uh afc is no joke and uh there's gonna might be a few surprises but uh yeah i think it's just really really cool to look at especially you know we start out in the in the east um buffalo not i mean outside of the dig stuff early in camp uh not a lot of noise coming out of there you know Von Miller's going to be out the first few weeks, so I guess that's that's a thing. But other than that, it's been kind of a quiet off season for the Bills. Uh, Diggs was named captain, so you know, for all intents and purposes, it seems like they're they're straight as far as that goes, as long as he keeps getting the ball. Uh, got him on both my fantasy teams, so I, I like that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on Buffalo just overall? I've gotten used to the Buffalo Bills just winning this division. I guess, you know, for 20 years, it was the AFC East was the Patriots division to win, right? Everybody else, yeah. And then everybody else. But the last three years, the Buffalo Bills have won this division. I think it's tough to look at the Bills here and say that they're still the favorites just because the Miami Dolphins and the Jets have gotten better during the offseason. They've brought in some very talented players. We know about the quarterback that the Jets have brought in. The Miami Dolphins seem to be getting better the last couple of years just in general. And that offensive system that Mike McDaniel brought with him, it just utilizes all these playmakers that they have. And the major question mark will be, can Tua stay healthy? So I'm not sure. Like The Buffalo Bills have been very quiet. They didn't have much money under the cap. So they couldn't make those splashes that they've made, you know, like last year, right? When they brought in Von Miller. So I'm not sure, like, what to think of the Buffalo Bills. Is this good that they're not, that they're kind of in a darker place, I guess? Because last year, everybody was on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon. They felt it was the hype was the hype was real. And it was pretty, pretty nuts. I mean, I was, I was in on it. I thought, hell, coming, coming off of that playoff loss of the Chiefs that, you know, they had a lot of things going in their momentum. You mentioned, you know, picking up Vaughn Miller. That was, that was a big addition because that was the thing is they really needed their a closer on defense. They got that. And they had a lot of, 
a lot of stress put like outside sources as far as stress on the team with being displaced, you know, due to weather a couple of times, the DeMar Hamlin situation. And I just think, you know, they went into the playoffs. I mean, they were just, I think, emotionally spent. Um, they get their two safeties back, all pros. Uh, I, they can't, you, you can't say they're under the radar, but with all the hype all over the jets and hard knocks and Rogers and everything is just, it's just like they're in their honeymoon. The honeymoon phase has been nearly perfect for them. Everything just looks so outstanding outside of, you know, a couple of hiccups with the offensive line. And that still needs to be ironed out, but, but I hear you. Yeah. Between the jets and the dolphins, they're getting kind of a lot of the love here. Uh, the Patriots, I think, have been kind of said, okay, they're finishing fourth, which, you know, you can never count that team out. Uh, not that they're going to win the win the division, but I think they can certainly, you know, get third place. You know, again, they they seem to do it with mirrors, but that defense is no joke. And if they get anything out of Mac Jones, I mean, where are their weapons? How are they going to score? And somehow they were, you know, a game away from the playoffs last year. So. Uh, yeah, should be a very interesting division. A lot of fireworks from the top three teams. New England will just kind of plot along, play uh, smart football, uh, hopefully get some turnovers here and there, and they'll be in all their games. So, uh, yeah, should be a very intriguing division. But I still got to believe Buffalo's the, I think, kind of like the top dog. This is the toughest division in the AFC hands down you think I mean, yeah i do i, I think still it's, do. i think it's the north i still think i think it's the north see i just I think mean, this that, one's certain this one's really tough but i think the right. north maybe just a little bit more top i just to think bottom. you know buffalo still has the firepower they obviously yeah. they lost like tremaine edmonds they lost leslie flight frazier you know like you said von miller is only going to return after like you know the first four games but when you look at miami they added jalen ramsey they added Vic Fangio. The Jets, all we've heard about the Jets is they're a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away. And they add the, the quarterback that they wanted all along. You still have the Patriots with that good defense. And we'll see what the offense can do under Bill O'Brien. I do think this is the most competitive division in the AFC. I just, I'm not buying the hype with the AFC North. I, I really am not. It's It's tough for me. Like, and we could talk about this right now. I mean, you've got the Bengals, yeah, right? Yeah, let's talk about the North. Yeah, let's yeah, do that. You've got the Cincinnati they've been Bengals. been to the AFC Championship game the last two years. They went to a Super Bowl. They're not – I don't think they're regressing at all. I mean, Burrow is a little bit injured, but it seems like he's ready to go for week one. Uh, the only question there, and the only thing I think that's kind of hanging over them, is where is his deal? I mean, it was like everything, hey, they're waiting, you know, maybe they're waiting for the Herbert deal to get done. Well, that got done a while ago. So that's the, I mean, again, I don't think it's going to, Burrow's not wired that way that he's, you know, it's going to bother him mentally. He's like mentally tough enough that I think he'll be able to deal with it. I mean, I think it's going to get done, but that's the only thing that, that concerns me about that team. But go ahead. Sorry. No, I just and then you have the Browns. Like the the Browns have a very good defense, and now you're hoping that Deshaun Watson will finally, with the full season and with the full off season, he will be able to rediscover his you know true self, 
how he was, how he played with the tennis uh, with the Texans out there. So you're hoping for that. And then I know, I know, like I'm a bigger fan of the Browns. I think they can do it if that quarterback pans out for them. But I know you like the Ravens. And I know you still like the Steelers because I you like know, the Steelers a lot. I know you year. do. I don't, I don't. like both teams <laughs> to me are going to continue struggling a little bit. I don't see them as playoff teams. And I, I get it. I, people see Kenny Pickett and he's playing well during the preseason. And then you still think that the Steelers defense is going to bring it. And then the Ravens are just a consistent winner. And then you get Lamar Jackson back into the fold. With the new offensive coordinator there, you're thinking that you know that that offense is going to take off. I'm just a little bit lower on the Ravens and the Steelers than probably the the public, the the general public. Yeah, the thing with Cleveland is, I mean, who is Deshaun Watson? Because he's certainly not that guy that came from Houston. I mean, a lot of stuff has happened in between, uh, and how is. I don't know that it affects his physical play, but just just mentally, you gotta you gotta I guess figure out where is he at mentally, first off, and then you know can he kind of find find himself, refine himself? You know, he's he's a southern kid, but you know he's playing in the Rust Belt here. You know, whatever. I, an hour or so down the road for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole different lifestyle. It's a whole different mentality of the, the fan base, you know, are they, are they truly with him? I don't know. I, I, you know, they're certainly going to cheer for the team. They really love their Browns, but I don't, does he feel like completely accepted? I don't think so. I think it's like the opposite where it's like, Hey, we're cheer for you is if you do well, just because we want our team to, do well but i just wonder where he is in his head and is that kind of maybe impeding him from kind of taking the next step i don't know about getting back to where he was but just getting better and and having command now we'll find out you know health health uh will assume health He's definitely going to get the you know the chance to play a full season. So hopefully, you know, for Browns fans, uh, for Alex's sake and kind of his love of the Browns, let let uh, hopefully that that does happen. Um, I don't. You know, the question I have with with Baltimore, I think again is is going to be the offense is making this. I don't know if they're going to be pass first. I think they're going to be passing more. I don't, you know, are they going to limit the design runs for, for Lamar? I would think so. But is that in their best interest? You know, I mean, they, it seemed like they were really rolling when the defense didn't know what was cut. They didn't know if Lamar was running. They didn't know if it was Pat, you know, whatever. So can he adapt to that and utilize his wide receivers? They keep saying, well, he didn't have weapons, didn't have weapons. Well, okay. He has to be used to working with now real wide receivers. And then maybe kind of the pushback from the, top end wide receiver like an obj if all of a sudden the ball isn't getting to where it's supposed to be and so there yeah i i can see that i just think these teams are a lot closer than than we than we expect i mean i don't know if it's a matchup thing but cleveland seems to have cincinnati's number 
Baltimore, Pittsburgh, they're always going to beat the crap out of each other. So I don't know. I mean, just to me, this this division top to bottom has, uh, I don't know, I mean, it means just the most juice, the collective of all four. You know, I look at the East and maybe New England's like a, a few ticks behind. I look at the West. I don't know what we're getting out of Vegas or Denver. So, you know, at the top, KC, Chargers, maybe the Chargers kind of finally bust out and, and it, this becomes a race. But to me, I think right now the North is, is really – I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Well, it's, again, it's a lot of it depends – obviously, it always depends on the quarterback, right? If we're talking about the Browns or the Steelers Absolutely. or the Ravens. Yeah. You know, you're talking about can Lamar stay healthy and can every just, one of these teams, right? Yeah, I mean, except for probably, except for probably the Bengals. I mean, if Burrow comes back, you know, he is to me the the second best quarterback in the league behind uh, Patrick Mahomes. So um, to me, you know, you're just you're looking at it. If he's healthy, if he's on there, you know, he's going to find that rhythm. He's going to be deadly. The anticipation, the accuracy, the ball placement. You know, the Bengals are set at the quarterback position. The rest the rest of the teams, they have question marks. Can Watson come back to his old self? You know, can Pickett be better in his second year? Can Lamar stay healthy? Because, I mean, when he was most dangerous was when he was running with the football, not when he was throwing it, even when, you know, he, he won that MVP award. So, yeah, that's... I think you're going with your old self. I mean, you're always like... A AFC North, you know, like it's it's the division with the Ravens and the Steelers, and they're always contenders. And I think you're still hanging on to that, Lou. But I don't think that the Steelers and the Ravens defense is quite as good as they were a couple of years back. Well, Pittsburgh's I have a lot more confidence in than the Ravens, just because I mean they've lost playmakers. Uh, the defensive backfield has been kind of a revolving door. But as far as the Steelers defense is concerned, I still I mean, that's a top to me. I mean, I think it's a top five unit in the league. Um, and it just seems to be that way all the time. Again, as long as T.J. Watt is, is healthy, um, Highsmith is obviously has elevated himself to a point where, you know, he he's a big time contract player. And, he, and he, if those two guys are rolling you know, it, they, I, I don't know. I just have a, a really sneaking suspicion that they're going to be a really, really good team. All right. So let's look at the South. Um, I guess the conventional wisdom is it's Jacksonville and then everybody else. So <laughs> I guess, I guess we're done there. Uh, but I, yeah, Jacksonville, you got, you got to really believe in them, seeing what they did in the playoffs last year. It didn't start out real well. And that first half looked like, you know, the moment was too big for Lawrence and he completely did a 180 in the second half. You can say that the charges imploded and for the most part they did, but Jacksonville was there to take advantage of all those situations and they made the plays when they needed to. And you look at that market as far as the Jacksonville market. I mean, it's a very small market. I think Green Bay is probably the, the smallest, but Jacksonville is, is one of the, they're probably right there. Okay. In terms of fan base, in terms of just the city and everything else. I mean, this kid being under 25, you can make the argument where he is 
probably more valuable to that franchise than just about any other quarterback out there. Uh, now, I mean, obviously the top guys, Mahomes and so forth, that goes without saying, but in terms of Jacksonville and, and having some interest in ticket sales and everything else and the team and everything, they, they seem to be climbing. They added pieces. Ridley comes in. I mean, it just really looks like a great story and, and it's going to continue the other teams. Again, you look at the quarterback play. I mean, he's the best quarterback in that division. Okay, we don't know what we're going to get from Anthony Richardson. I mean, athletically, probably ahead of Lawrence, but in terms of polish and everything else, not even close. Uh, Stroud kind of polished and so forth. Maybe we we question his athleticism, the team around him, whatever. Tennessee, they probably have the, the toughest and probably most underrated coach in the league, it seems like, what he gets out of his players. I mean, it's like, you know, he's kind of like a, a, Belich- a Belichick guy. You know, he's, you know, defense first, run the ball, special teams. I mean, it's like not really a clone because he's a little bit more animated and and a guy that I think just is just a little bit more juice to him. But uh, again, you're sitting there with Tannehill and how you know, can they keep trotting out, you know, the Derrick Henry show and keep competing? They will. They're going to be there. Uh, but I don't see them winning that division. So, I mean, I again, I think stating the obvious again, Jacksonville and everybody else. I agree with you. I just think the the Texans and the Colts are destined to have top five picks, uh, you know, next season. I also feel like the Titans time it's just up. That's it. They they got the most they they got the most out of this group, out of this bunch with Tannehill and and Derrick Henry. I just don't think they can keep it up. I think, you know, they're just that's it. It's past it. You know, they had their chance, they had their window a couple of years back. They didn't get it done. I I don't think their defense is that good. I agree with you. Their their coach just gets the most out of these players. He you know, I don't know how they do it, but I just think the Titans are, are past their prime. I, I think they need to rebuild. And maybe we'll see, you know, Malik Willis starting a game when the Titans are out of it. Because, I mean, he looked much better in the preseason than he did last year. So it seems like he has developed. I just think this is a runaway division. I'm not even going to save it for our preview show next week. The Jaguars are going <laughs> to win this division just yeah, by a mile. Sure. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure we're both going to have Jacksonville there, and I don't know that it's the order of finish is going to be too far off either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, just you know big time playmakers in the division, it seems like most of them play for Jacksonville. Uh, you look at the Colts again; it's all going to come down to that 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 quarterback, how quickly he develops. You know, Houston, I, I still I still like Damian Pierce. I think he's going to have a big year, but it's not going to be enough to really, you know, change uh, a lot of games. But fantasy wise, you know, we're going to we're going to roll with them. Uh, so, again, yeah, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. OK, so the West um, Chiefs have owned this division for, I think, the last seven years, you know, it, it all comes, you know, can they repeat, you know, Chris Jones, where that, that situation is hanging over their head uh, is the young, you know, all the young defensive players that got a chance to play and go through a playoff run and, and win the Super Bowl last year. Are they going to continue to grow? Uh, 
Mahomes. I mean, is he going to, you know, again, almost an entirely new receiving core? Does it matter? Uh, so all, all these questions. But again, I think it's also a function of the division that they that they play in is that these other these teams like Denver has just been a mess. The Raiders haven't, you know, really haven't been contenders in years. The Chargers are, you know, they charger uh, as a verb. And so, yeah, the Chiefs are a very good team. One of the best teams that the best team right now. But again, you know, this division isn't, you know, all it can or maybe should be based on the franchises that, uh, you know, that, that are represented. So, uh, I, you know, again, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I just think they're they're the best team in this division, maybe in the AFC again this year. So I'm not going to probably not going to go against them. Um but this whole Peyton and, and Russ thing, that that's, again, if you look at it to me, just the, the most intriguing question, I guess, in this division would be is how this is going to look with Russ and Peyton. Is Russ going to be able to develop that short to intermediate passing game that Peyton seems to like? Uh, is he going to just, is Peyton going to change up his, his offense to make it more Russ friendly? It's just it's just still seems a little a, a little hinky, a little choppy. And then you always have injuries with the Broncos, especially the receivers. So I, I don't know. Is, is Russ going to be able to get back to himself? Uh, is Peyton going to change or are we going to see Jarrett Stidham sooner than later? That's the million dollar question, right? If he pieces Wilson back together again. I think the Broncos still have a roster capable of making major noise in this AFC division. They do. They, they do. do. I mean, that's just the yeah. that's a fact. I mean, Peyton has an incredible track record of success. And he, you know, he won even without Drew Brees as his quarterback. So I guess we got to trust him. I mean, that's, that's just the case. You want to see it? I think they're going to go, they might go through some growing pains, but I don't think Russell Wilson forgot how to play quarterback. And I think Peyton still knows how to get the most out of his quarterback, okay? He's still going to work to his strengths. And I just have a feeling that the Broncos are going to be much, much, much better than they were last year. The question mark is, are they going to make the playoffs? The the Kansas City Chiefs are still the favorites in this division, no question about it. But I like what the Chargers did. And what the Chargers did was bring in Kellen Moore. He had, a, an, I think, a great effect on Dak Prescott. And I think he's going to take Justin Herbert to another level there. They have playmakers. I hope they stay healthy because there's no other team in the past, I think, four or five years that's been more heartbroken by injuries than the Chargers. They just have to stay healthy. Can they for a full season? Can they keep those key players on the field? If they do, this is a very dangerous team. And then the Raiders, I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to last this season. I really don't. <laughs> I think he's going to walk away from this like midway through the season. I think he might actually just, hand his reg resignation. Just throw, throw his arms up and quit. Yeah, I think uh, he's just no, going to quit. It's not the <laughs> fact that they would fire him. That's just the type of person that he is. So I just... Yeah, the Raiders are going to be vying for that number one overall. Okay, spot. so you've never met the guy, but you've got you've got him down in personality, like the whole thing. I don't know. I mean, he's he. I think he has the quarterback that that 
that he wants. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, run the offense that he wants. Fine. Yeah. I don't want to say finally, but I think now, uh, not that they didn't before. I mean, there was just a, there was some sort of disconnect with Derek Carr. I, they just didn't mesh personality wise. I don't know if anybody's going to mesh personality wise with Josh McDaniel, especially when I listen to you, Alex. But but I think Jimmy G knows what to expect. You know, as far as what McDaniel wants him to do, where where he wants the ball to go, when they call the offense. It's just is it going to be is Devonte Adams going to uh, be able to get the ball where he wants it on a regular basis is Jimmy G going to be able to get you know maybe stretch the field a little bit more than he has in the past throwing the ball outside the numbers you know was it just Kyle Shanahan you know dialing up those plays that were you know with the receivers they had in San Francisco trying to get those get you know the quick slants you know more over the middle of the field versus Jimmy. Now you go back to the Super Bowl and he had the deep shot and he missed it, you know, to Emmanuel Sanders. And you say, well, you know, Jimmy can't throw the deep ball. So I don't know. We'll see. I like Jimmy. I don't know what it is about, you know, one again, he's Italian. So I got to take up for him as far as that goes. But uh, I, I don't know how good they're going to be, but I, I guess I need to balance the other side of the equation with your vitriol for Josh McDaniel and everything he does on the sideline. Or what do you think? Do. What do you think is going to happen first? Devonte Adams gets traded or Josh McDaniels quits? I don't think McDaniels ever going to quit. And I don't know that Adams, I don't, I, I don't think he's good. I don't think he's going to get traded. I, I really don't. I think, you know, it'll work well enough for him to stick around and collect his big time uh, money and his uh, contract, it's, you know, you can't just walk away or it's not like the NBA where you demand a trade and all of a sudden you're on your way. I mean, you look at Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's hard to make NFL trades, especially with big time players that are. And again, it's more the contract. You know, what team is willing to take on that huge contract, you know, of a of a wide receiver that's getting close to 30 years old and it, everything everything that's we've been discussing for the last two or three years. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could put my finger on that. I just don't see McDaniel ever quitting. They would have to fire him. Yeah, definitely would have to be fired. So I guess in that question, I would say Devontae gets traded before McDaniel, uh, McDaniel quits. Um, do you think, do you think the Kellen Mormu is going to be enough to get the chargers over the hump? The injury thing, you just can't. How do you plan for that? I don't know how, how these certain teams just seem to be snake bit. It seems like every year the Chargers have these debilitating injuries to like top players and it's multiple top players. I I don't know what you do. I mean, is it a training thing? Is it a practice thing? I, I don't know, but it's just, it's confounding and it sucks because you want to see the best players on the field. You want to see the best guys playing every week. And I get it. You know, nobody's a hundred percent. There's always going to be injuries. It is football, but it just seems like some of these teams just have 
the worst injury luck and it's year after year after year you think there's something to it i don't know i mean the chargers the broncos with their receivers i mean the the ravens with their running backs and it's just it, it i don't know i i wish i had an answer i'm just thinking out loud now i wish i had an answer I think Kellen Moore is going to make all the difference for uh, Justin Herbert. In fact, I think Herbert is going to be one of the top three MVP candidates this year. I just think they're going to unleash him. I, I just You look at the wide receiver core that they have there, the guys that they have there, and the, and the difference I believe Kellen Moore made for Dak Prescott there, um, obviously it went. You know, they decided to, you know, part ways and all. But I think he's going to have a positive effect for Justin Herbert. He's going to throw for like 5,000 yards. I think he might lead the league in touchdowns with all due respect to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I just think Herbert is ready to kind of unleash well, in that offense. He certainly, yeah, I mean, he certainly has the talent to do it and, and the weapons and everything else. I mean, it's not like... I mean, it's not like he's hasn't put up monster numbers his first three years. I mean, he's like, as far as a pace goes. And what I like about here's the thing that I really like love about Herbert. He he's not the type of guy that throws a lot of picks or even puts the ball in harm's way. And it's not like he's dinking and dunking. You know, he is taking shots. He is putting. You know, the ball in into the tight windows. And that's what I like about him. I mean, he's able to kind of keep it out of the, the harm's way where the defense can't take advantage of it. A lot of quarterbacks get away with it. Herbert doesn't do that. And I just think with Kellen Moore, you know, putting in more plays to hit to work and play to his strengths, I think there's a ton of touchdowns that are going to be thrown, you know, in that regard. Plus, Herbert got the highest, you know, deal of any quarterback He's got to earn it right now. He hasn't done it so. He hasn't done so yet. So I, I just think like the the stars are aligned where this season is going to take this quarterback to another level. All right, and even without uh, without Kellen Moore being there, they've. I mean, he, every game he has started against the Chiefs has been like a either close to overtime game or it's. I mean, they they've always been right there. And they've won a few of them. They've lost a few of them. Some heartbreakers, but they play the Chiefs as tough as anybody. I mean, maybe the Bengals might be probably the only other team that has played them tougher than than the Chargers have. So they're 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 close. You know, they they really are. They just have to make you know in those games make that winning play those winning plays that that is the difference and maybe that is kellen moore do you know put it putting them in position or maybe just the whole the the play calling i mean lombardi the way lombardi calls a game is much different and you know obviously he's in denver now with sean payton and they have their thing and and that was the big question with russ so uh that's going to do it for our afc preview we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, go ahead and subscribe, if you will. Uh, we love seeing that. Uh, don't miss any episodes. And football, the NFL is back. We have games coming up on Thursday, the whole weekend. This is the last weekend without NFL football until the Super Bowl. So enjoy it. Get juiced. We are. So until next week, he's my man, Alex. I'm Lou. Ooh.